welcome to Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. We are back. Season three, baby. Uh, I am your guide, your uh, your Willy Wonka leading you into this wonderful world of death and chocolate. What is happening? I'm on, I'm like that um, guy who desperately he shoots the guns and he has the cowboy hat and he desperately wants to be on TV and he talks a lot and then he ends up getting into the the TV machine thing that turns him really small on the TV. Mike TV. Uh, his name is Mike TV. <laughs> I was like, is it TV? His name is TV. That's Michael TV. <laughs> Put some respect. Michael on Television. His name. <laughs> Michael Television. That's right. Our podcast's very own Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet? I've I've heard it both ways. I was trying to introduce you, John. I I decided you were our Timothy Chalamet. I think Jess is Timothy Chalamet because he's handsome and young. Oh, if anyone looks more, I mean, like truthfully, if anyone looks more like him, yes. But yeah. (laughs) Um, But hey, yeah, I'm here. I'm the Oompa Loompa of this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, so John plays Hatchet Farmer, Jesse plays Frank Farmer. Sure do. And on with the show. Uh, let's do a previously on. I'm going to try and recap the last two seasons. Here we bum, go. Bum, 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 bum. The Farmer brothers, Hatchet and Frank, set out for adventure from their hometown of Moundtown. Your theme music that I thought was going to be like underlaying the intro stopped, and that really threw me. Wait, you were playing it for yourself? You want me to just... Do mouth music. Yeah, just, your... just... Oh, if you really want music, I'll play it. No, I won't play it on my phone because you split the be... tracks. No, I just, I just thought he was going to give me some, like, Hang background. On. If you just Google Drums of Liberation. You can... Is that what it's called? There you go. A mysterious map took them to Mischief Mountain where they made their way to the trickster and after defeating him, headed through a portal. On the other side, they were met with a note with a countdown on it. Ignoring the countdown, they tangled with a dragon, brought a god back to life while putting the end to a learning institution, discovered they had some strange, divinely gifted power and was something called Fate Spinners, and made some new friends. Mountown went missing, seemingly taken by the trickster. With the end of the countdown, they found a bounty had been placed on their heads. They went to confront the king at the royal wedding and hopefully get the bounty removed. Instead, they found the king's advisor was an enemy from the now-defunct learning institution, and everybody died when Hatchet and Frank's parents arrived. With their parents on the throne, Hatchet went looking for Mountown while Frank was sent across the ocean to marry a princess. Sea battles and murderous saints ensued. Saints were slewed. They discovered a map to Treasure Town was held by the King of Caldone, and after failing to join the revolution, they broke into the palace, broke into the vault that held the map, and left as a magic-eating giant stone creature emerged from the ground and began to swallow up the palace. I wish I had timed that so that I ended as the theme song ended, but... That's alright, because we can read up this with the real thing. Take my voice out, time it up. It works. It really gets you in the mood though, right? It does actually. So we pick up with Hatchet and Frank uh, standing in a forest. You are at the edge of a foggy forest and fog is spilling out from the forest floor. You know that this is the only way to get to the place marked on the treasure map. The fog feels cool on your skin and even makes you tingle a little as if it's touched by magic. After a short walk, you're surprised to find that you've reached the other side of the forest. Rising up in the distance is a majestic mountain with a gleaming tower on its summit. 
The thing is, you didn't see this mountain before you entered the forest. A gently winding path lined by blooming flowers just happened to start in front of you, and a small sign at the path entrance says, This way to Treasure Town. Except Treasure Town is crossed out and instead written in its place in messy scroll is Mound Town. Do you ever get the feeling of deja vu, Hatchet? Um, slightly, but we were just in a palace, weren't we? Yeah, I feel like my head's on fire. I think I have a bit of a hangover from all that magic that we just walked through. I'm like 50% glad we left and 50% glad that we... Uh, left that big monster thing that was about to eat whatever we were in. Yes, but where's Jenna and Hamara and Rufio for that? Uh, um, well, I mean, we've never tried to teleport more than one, two people. Last time we did this, it was, you know, wh- what did we do last time? We just kind of arrived here, didn't we? I don't like this one bit, but I, I guess our only way forward is through. I mean, there's already, I can see just here, a change. Um so maybe Jenna and Haramaya and wherever Rufio is, maybe we'll find them inside. Yes. That's my best hope. So you guys also have uh, two new items. You both have a new item. Jesse Frank got a lightning spear. Yep. It was a five foot long golden spear with electrical magic or, or lightning magic, I guess. I love it. And now that he can actually see it, it's inlaid with blue crystals, which... Funnily enough, I'm looking at our our picture and there is a gold scepter in my hands in the, the picture. So you just imagine that. That's my new scepter. All right. So I think that what the lightning spear does uh, is if you just use it as a spear, uh, it does two damage. If you like sort of use it like a javelin, like you stab someone with it, uh, it does the two damage, but then each turn... Uh, lightning strikes it and it does another two damage as not also like you can have it as like a um you leave it in the target type thing yeah and it's a lightning rod yeah yeah cool and for you hatchet you got a chess board of summoning or something like that i don't really remember what we called it that was essentially it it was a, a folding chess travel chess piece thing and i said that i sensed summoning magic on it all right here's my pitch for what that is okay you tell me what chess piece you're trying to grab and it, it'll summon like a human sized version of that chess piece, but you need to roll a dice to see whether you're in control of that piece. Right. And can I assume that those pieces will have different effects? Yeah, you can. Is that kind of like an at the table? We decide what that yeah. means. Yep. Are they like humanoid versions or human-sized chess pieces like with big circle space on the bottom? Because it would be cool if like yeah, that. some of them were like, like I summon the knight as like a combat thing or I yeah. summon the bishop as like a charisma check kind of Yeah, yeah, thing. that's pretty much what I'm thinking. Okay. But that's you need cool. to roll to see like you use it meat shield. <laughs> and then you're going to roll to see whether you're in control of the piece. Does it consume the piece when I summon yeah. it? Or, okay, so I've got... 16. Oh, actually. You got both I got sides. 32. I got yeah. both sides. Maybe the the white and black pieces have like different dispositions or something like that as well. Just as like an interesting. Yep. Yep, definitely. 32 is a lot. Well, I'm wondering if you're playing as the white ones. So if you roll a dice to see which color it is that you draw, 
Right. Odds and evens, you reckon? 85. That seems like a good idea, right? Odds and odds and evens, and then like under four, yeah. you don't even grab one or something. You just go from five all the way up to 20. Odds and no, evens. that's just, we just do it with the normal D20 roll. Quest rules, yeah. With quest rules. It's yeah, but just that's like, what I was trying to reverse engineer it to work with quests. So from five to 20, you get pawn at five, you get pawn at six, you get, um, you know, know I. I don't want to complicate it. Like he's okay. he says what he wants it to be. Rolls a d twenty. If it's a success, it's the color that he wanted and the piece that he wanted. Uh-huh. Uh, if it's a tough choice, it's going to be one or the other. Uh, and um, if it's a failure, then it's going to be bad. So now I'm going to have to um, keep a track of what pieces I've used. So just set up a chessboard next to your oh. laptop. <laughs> That's good. People will come around and be like, oh, you, you got like a chess game going on. Yeah, yeah, I haven't finished. It's taking forever. Don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's for, very important. It's for my Dungeons and Dragons game. <laughs> um, all right. So you guys are, yeah, standing in front of the sign and I'm assuming that you kind of begin to walk down the path. Yeah, we uh, up yeah. the path, I suppose. Yeah, it's a winding path that leads up the mountain, right? Yeah, and as you walk it, you notice that the mountain is surrounded by dangerous cliffs. It appears that the only way up is a path on the other side of the town ahead. It's a beautiful day, and birds are playfully chasing each other in the sky. A warm breeze glides across the rolling hills, occasionally causing flower petals to swirl in the air around you. Everything here feels pleasantly touched by a little bit of magic. But as you look at the... Forest, while you're walking up the path, Hatchet, uh, you notice something about the shadows. The shadows feel deeper than shadows normally look. They feel almost like you could step right into them. They look so deep. You continue down the path towards the town. And as you... Just to interject, would he trust himself with that sort of thing? Because he's just recently lost the ability to, to see in the dark. So would he be like, oh, maybe it's just my eyes because they've just adjusted back to, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just I'm kind of game theorying here, but like, if he has recently lost his ability to see in the dark, and then he looks at shadows and goes, "Oh, they look darker than I remember," like he hasn't been able to see them for a long time. So you know, I think you could you could still perceive shadows even if you could if you could see in the dark. But so as you draw closer, you see a collection of idyllic homes, uh, and you recognize the town of Moundtown. You see a few dozen people joyfully milling about, tending to gardens, playing games, having conversations. The town is adorned with colourful garlands, flags, and other warm decorations, including several bronze statues of the trickster. The townspeople smile at you uh, and go about their business, many of them not recognising you, potentially because you don't look the same as you did when you set out after a couple years on the road. I mean, we're also like relative nobodies before Moundtown was taken, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it was not a huge town. So I I think Mm. that lots of people would have known you. But yeah, I think you've been gone for long enough. But one figure does notice you uh, and seem to recognize you and approach you. And it is the elven man, the, sorry, elven mayor of Moundtown, Mirren. Mirren comes up to you and says, Hatchet, Frank, you're here at last. He said you would come. You, you were expecting us, were you? Yes. The trickster said you would be here and 
that you would save us all. Okay, from from what? I I guess from being here was kind of the implication. Okay, yeah, I, I get it. It's just like what what brought you here in the first place? I don't know. The trickster never gave us a straight answer. Uh huh. Okay. I asked Miller, and Miller said it was a a twist of fate, but that was all we know. But they said that you would be here and you would rescue us. You saw Miller? Miller's here? Yes. She actually uh, left something for you. Is she not here anymore? That's... She's with the trickster. As in in leagues with or uh, taken by? That's a complicated question. Whether somebody's a prisoner or not is... Complicated question. You seem to have plenty of bronze statues around here. It seems like you guys worship it, the Trissa. Uh, that, uh, that uh, we're all prisoners of fate in some way. Uh, but just looking for a straight answer here. Uh, it's not doesn't seem to be hard that you could just say yes or no. Or... He looks like he's trying to answer, but is having difficulty um, figuring out how to give you a straight answer. Like, it, it seems like he genuinely wants to answer, but just doesn't really know how to approach it. Yep. So it's pretty clear that they're not worshipping Trickster. They are in a complicated relationship of kind of malevolent god type situation. We, look, we we aren't worshipping the Trickster. Are they good to us? Most of them. But it's complicated. But they said that you were here to fix this all. So... I am. I have a job. I'm meant to take you to your house where um, both Miller and Jamie left something for you, and then you'll Jamie was here. Continue Jamie. on. Jamie. Yes. Did Jamie even remember us? He literally spent about five minutes with us and then went off and got high. He had a lot of positive things to say about you. Yeah. So he did. Every memory he has of us is drug-addled. I'm not sure we mutually have things to say about him. That would be I, I seriously thought I'd never see him again. I thought he was going to die in that tower. I, I, take us to our house. Sorry. We're yes. Just, I, I'm sorry, Mirren. Yeah, this is just so much happening. That's all. Uh, so he leads you through the town. Uh, you go past like the, the general store and the tavern. Um, you go past houses of, of people that you remember from your childhood. And then you approach your house and does anyone want to describe it like i don't want to tell you what your house looks like yeah sure uh so it's a yellow cottage with brown wooden like old brown wooden um inlaid kind of trim so every window every door every sort of um even down to the little um cellar door window type thing on the bottom of the wall have got a piece of wood that sort of trims the edge um, and then there's also like an inlaid trimmed into it um, wooden like archway yep. that's sort of cross hatched as diamonds across in in like carved wood. Yeah. And then there's also um, like a painting that someone's done of a of a blue bird carrying a leaf and sort of flying over the top of the archway. Um, and it sort of shows four different stages of that bird um, with different leaves in its mouth. Yep, I think the last time you saw the house, it looked like adults hadn't been living in it for a while, yeah. and uh, two young people had done their best to maintain the house, uh, but were 
children when they took it over. So it, it didn't look like it was in the best of shapes last time you saw it. Uh, and certainly there was no painting last time you saw it. But mm. a, as you look at it now, it, it has a fresh, yeah, fresh coat of paint. There is the painting of the bird. Uh, it looks like shutters have been fixed that were broken. It seems like th- the garden has been maintained uh, and you you can tell that someone's gone to a great effort to fix the place up for you. Uh, and Mirren gestures and says, this this was all Miller. She she fixed it all up for you guys. She said it was her gift. Uh, and there's another gift inside from Jamie. But yeah, before we head inside, I think as you stand there and you look at the house, uh, what what memory comes to mind for each of you? I think Hatchet is wandering over to uh, the mulberry bush that sits in front of the house and is picking at the mulberries and remembering times when he would come out and have his fill. Would he do that um, like after your parents left or was that while they were around? I mean, every time. All times are good times for mulberries is the thing. Yep, nice. Maybe the tree kind of went to, to died a bit when they left. Well, I think they tend to grow like wildfire, regardless mm. of what you do with them. So I think, yeah, I think it's just like this big, big old tree now. Yeah. And what about Frank? What memory comes to mind for Frank? Uh, are we allowed to be inside by this point? Uh, yeah. Like you open the door and okay. you start to step in. Okay. Uh, he walks in and he, he sort of looks over to the hearth and um, he sort of thinks of, of times when um, he would be standing by the hearth and watching... Gwendolyn tend to a pot or something. Yep. Um, over the fire, and um, and smelling all the smells and and experiencing all the things, and sort of seeing uh, what he couldn't describe at the time, and he thinks back to think like there must have been magic in the house already um, when he was even when Mum was cooking type thing. Yep. And as you guys walk in, um, Mirren uh, opens a pocket of his robe and pulls out a, a fistful of dust and says, I'm sorry about this, but this is what Jamie said to do with this. He said that it was creatine powder, uh, and then he blows it uh, like on you guys. And as this puff of uh, creatine powder sort of encompasses you guys in this big cloud, you have that same memory play out for you again, Frank. Uh, but this time, Hatchet, you're seeing it as well. And so you are seeing Hatchet, like, as a quite a little child. Uh, I think maybe you're, like, whittling something, sitting on a seat with, like, a little a little knife, doing a little whittling on a seat by the fire. Just a whittle, Just a whittle knife. A Just whittle knife. A whittle knife. Uh, Ro, your even younger brother sits watching Gwendolyn stir a pot of something, and, and you see your father walk in the door and take his boots off and place them by the door uh, and start to head over. And as you're watching, you see something that definitely, when it took place, you did not see. You see the figure of Zagreus, the little child that you saw on the boat, Zagreus. You see him in the frame and you see him place a hand on the forehead of Frank 
uh, and then he's gone. But as you watch this scene continue to play out, you see uh, and you can sense the magic in Frank that has suddenly been ignited. And as Gwendolyn takes her takes the bowl of food over to Frank, uh, she brushes his hair to the side and, and plants a kiss on his forehead, and you feel something shift. And as uh, your father, John, comes over and sits down beside Frank, uh, he pats Frank on the back, and you feel something shift. And then we see that that scene ends, and, and we see a scene where Hatchet is standing alone in the dining room, reading a letter on the table. And Frank comes out uh, and we see Hatchet begin to comfort Frank. And as Hatchet embraces Frank, we feel something shift. And then you guys are back. Just creatine powder has settled on the ground. Your eyes are burning. <laughs> yeah. Eyes are burning. You're not sure if creatine it's from tears or from things in creatine show. powder. Yeah, it was, like it's a, kind of... it, it was like a stimulant when, <laughs> and now it's a hallucinogenic. It's not not those things though. It Depending... is. It is not those things. <laughs> In real life, no, no. If you take enough, I'm sure you'll see some things. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Marion says, "Well, I'll leave you with your memories, but as I understand it, you need to head up the mountain." to the trickster and, you know, do your thing. Uh, but I understand you've done this before, so I'll, I'll leave you to it. Okay. Thanks, Marin. Hopefully I'll, we'll, we'll get to see you at, uh, at home, proper home on the mountain. We can't but hope boys. Uh, and he gives you a quick, very uncharacteristic embrace and then rushes out the door. Well, you shouldn't Did, have done do we that. feel something shift? <laughs> you don't. Oh, okay. Maybe that's a good thing. Okay. Well, do you guys want to do or say anything? No, I think we uh, embark. Okay. I think, um, yeah, I think we're ready to go. We're, we're way more OP this time around. Yeah. I guess we head up. I could probably kick in the horny door if I need to. I think cool. it would actually probably like that. I don't know <laughs> if that would be advisable. Well, it's a win-win. That <laughs> oh, yeah, step all over me. <laughs> like... Walk over it to get out through the door. I thought about changing it this time, uh, like, oh, it being like a bit of a, a prude of a door. Oh, you have to like, I don't know, arouse the door in order to get it to open. <laughs> that would not have gone well. No, anyway, you have to caress its knob. You can remove that. <laughs> you you leave Mound Town and you begin to climb a winding ridge on the steep mountainside. Small rocks and pebbles occasionally tumble down the rocky cliff and crash on the path around you. You can tell that it would be nearly impossible to climb the side of the mountain. After walking for a short while, the path curves into the face of the mountain and ends at a familiar gigantic stone door. The door has a large face that seems to be alive and it appears to be sleeping. I, I think I'm going to, um, maybe I'm just going to be like, Stonebrow, how you doing? It's been a while. Oh, ho, ho, ho. you're back. I knew you would be. You couldn't stay away, could you? Uh, yeah, that's definitely why we're back. It's good to see you. It's oh so good to see you. Have you got us some new riddles this time? Ah, uh, yes, of- yes. Riddle me piss, boys. You answer these riddles, and you may go right through me. Uh, 
Don't love that. I am big, moving forward, going backward. I'm afraid of cats. What am I? It's got to be something dumb. Reverence <laughs> really How is. dare you? Well, it's, I'm assuming these are ripped straight from some website that just does like worstriddles.com or like... It's it's just riddles.com. They are people's earnest attempts at riddles. So I know. That's why I think that the internet can create some of the worst things possible. And this is probably one of them. All right. Are you going to try and answer? Uh, yes. Do you need a different question? No. Um, uh, can you re- retell it again? It's something about I'm I large. am big moving forward going backwards. I'm afraid of cats. What oh, am I? Okay, all right. It's about the wording. Okay, John, I am big moving forwards, full stop, moving backwards. I'm afraid of cats. There's something in that. What is it? Wait, what's something that's afraid of cats? Backwards, when moving backwards, and big when moving forwards. So I'm just trying to think of something that's afraid of cats. You're bringing so much logic to this very dumb riddle. Okay, right. A mouse. Is that your answer? It's not the a answer, rat. so... I don't know. A rat. Incorrect answer. Okay, I will give you one more try at a different riddle, and if you do not... correct answer? No, I'd rather not. The correct answer was tar. I was not far off. No, no, you were pretty close. Why is tar big big moving moving forwards? forwards? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea, but going backwards, it spells rat, so you were on the right track. I understood that part, but... It's literally like the first sentence. Like the whole point of a riddle is that the whole thing makes into <clears throat> one. He like coughs to get your attention, <laughs> which you're confused by because he's a door. You were in the garden. There were 34 people in the yard. You killed 30. How many people are in the garden? Two. None. Well, I mean, we go back to the garden, I'm assuming. It's either we're, we're the ones in the garden. Or there was no one of you in the garden. And there are 34 people in the yard. You killed 30. How many people are in the garden? Well, there's either me if I returned to the garden or none. It's either one or none. (laughs) Yeah, it's one or none. It it can be both. Because what if I killed them and then returned? You wouldn't want to be in the same room as the people you killed. One. Correct. There would only be one because the other four would run away. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the logic we applied. If you killed Dirty, the other four would have run away, so the killer would only be the only one left. Right. Well, we kind of locked into that one. We roundabouted back to that, yes. And he winks as he opens up. This time, Frank walks through the door and he faces Just a loud the rumble whole time. as you walk through the door. Oh, okay. A loud rumble of satisfaction. Oh god! Uh, yeah, he's he. So what happened? You know how like you can kind of walk sideways and face one direction, and then kind of, I he literally faces the same direction as the the door and stares the door down as he walks away. He didn't want to sh- show his backside to him. So after a short walk up a tunnel, you gasp. You probably don't gasp because you've done this before. But inside the mountain is a huge chamber with chasms deeper than you can see. There's glowing stalactites and stalagmites sticking out everywhere, like a mouthful of sharp teeth. And there's a maze-like path that winds through the chamber to the other side where you see another large door in the distance. So a huge chasm 
lots of stalactites and stalactites uh, and yeah, a, a path winding through those with sort of drops on the, each side. So we're going to do a trial. So you guys will need dice. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I remember correctly, this was kind of like a, a bridge somewhere here that led to it or something. Are you, you weren't listening. You were walking through a tunnel uh, and yeah, then you and came into a big a chamber. And there's like a maze-like path winding through the chamber to the other side. In a chasm, yeah. Where you see a, another large door. Why don't I just blink to the door like I did last time? Well, yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, I guess you can. I guess, I guess, Jesse, you can. Um, hang on. I could use my ability that has portals, so it's a little more effective for both of us, not just me. That would be more considerate. I think. Yep, that is true. You could do that. Didn't we decide this last happened last time and we, we had the same exact situation? No, you did the trial last time. And I remember blinking in it. You did blink John in went it. Across, I think John went across the bridge. You definitely didn't have a portal ability at that time, though. Yes, but that's yeah. true. All right, I guess you use your AP and do a portal. Uh, what, if I, what if I've decided now I don't want to because I don't want to ruin your storytelling? No, Jesse, it's fine. Okay. I, no, I, I do think that it makes some sense if, like, at this point, you guys have a lot more experience under your belt, like... Alright. Yep. So it's just like the portal that I, I summoned in the fight with Wisdom. Um, mm -hmm. You conjure a portal of any shape and orientation that is no larger than a door. It appears at a location of your choice nearby. The portal looks like a window. Yep. Or, or actually, it's also the portal that I summoned in the fight with uh, the other guy, too. Yep. Anyway, I do that, and it looks really cool. All right. I promise. It looks awesome. So you step out of the portal uh, at the door, and this door doesn't speak. It's just a normal door. You head through the door, and you find yourself in another tunnel. You see light in the distance at the end of the tunnel, and as you emerge, you emerge at the base of a towering forest with trees so tall that you can't see where they end, they just go up and up. A lamplit wooden path spirals up into the forest, continuing to head up the mountain, arching between the impressive tree trunks. The path heads up, and you feel a sense of peace and wonder as you climb through the piney forest, much like how you felt when you first entered the trickster's realm. Small forest critters dart between the trees, occasionally stopping to sniff the air in your direction. Is there a badger? No. After an hour of climbing, you feel like you're only halfway done, and as you stop to take a short break, you notice a small branch on a tree nearby with leafy green sprouts that don't match the rest of the forest's pine needles. Several glowing wisps are floating around the branch. Hello, uh, spirit of the forest? Guardian of the forest? Ancient of the forest? I can't remember what your name was, I'm sorry. I don't know if you met this character last time, to be honest with you. There was there was a, a some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's the same character, but there was some sort of tree person. As you look more closely at the mysterious branch, a figure emerges from the tree trunk and walks towards you. They appear to be a person made of gnarled bark, wearing a slight smile and a tunic of moss. Well, we did meet this person because I made the joke that their name could be Niles Barkley. That's right. They greet you with a gentle yet powerful voice, asking... Where do you come from, and why are you here? 
<laughs> Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> That's what quiet and gentle uh, and powerful is uh, to me. It's yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold kindergarten Schwarzenegger. cop. <laughs> Not a uh, that's a different movie. Um, that's the same movie. Same movie. I thought that was the one where he's pregnant and the, nope. the whole, it's not no. a tumor. It's like, oh, okay. I've got a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's oh, right. Tumor. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't know my, I'm not up with my 90s references. Yeah. I think, I don't know. What are we going to say? Um, we are from, I think, another realm at this point. But that town, I don't know if you venture out of your forest at all, but that town down there, that's its kind of where we're from, but it's been transported here. Uh, and we're here to confront the trickster. To do what? Uh, get our to take town him down. back. Well, well, remains to be seen. It's a little bit confusing as to whether he is uh, help or harm at this point. I... I'm happy with the town where it is. I have grown fond of looking out of my forest and seeing the little people come and go. So I would rather it stayed. Okay, cool. That's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) I would probably prefer... I mean, you probably can respect uh, the idea that things belong where they should be like a lot of the forest seems to be here, it is where it should be. That town isn't from this world, and as much as you might enjoy seeing it there, it belongs in our world, unfortunately. We're going to have to try and do our best to get it back. So I apologise to you for that. Roll me a dice. I got a two. Yeah, cool. So they gesture... Uh, and some creatures that you did see previously, like you didn't see them last time and you also didn't see them just now until they step out of the forest. Uh, and you see strange green moss with swords and spears stuck into the moss. Uh, and there's these figures made of moss holding weapons that emerge. Uh, and there's three of them. Uh, and... Also, the forest warden all approach you with weapons drawn. Sorry, I didn't mean to pull aggro. Look, it doesn't really need to come to blows. You seek to undo what the trickster has done. At one time, I may have considered that a good thing, but there is life in this forest, even if it is not life as you might know it. And I will protect that. We don't we don't stand to threaten that life. We are here for the trickster only. We're not going to bring harm to this realm. I think we're beyond we reasoning with them, Frank. Okay, I'll give this spirit a new uh, try. Hatchet's going to charge in. Yep, all right. All right, so there's three of them and the forest warden, uh, and they're sort of in a semicircle with the forest warden kind of at the center. Uh, around like you're sort of in a little bit of a clearing but there is still huge trees all around you all right i'm gonna just charge at one on the side yep and do a wild attack okay roll for me i can't remember how to resolve that roll but four boys what's with your rolls today I think I get hit, potentially. All right, so you 
roll to four, John. Yep. Yep. So you charge um, with a confidence born from a lot of successful adventuring at this point. Uh, but the lichen moves quicker than you anticipate it. The moss kind of untangling and re-tangling as you charge, like sort of separating, letting you charge through it and then reforming around you. Uh, and as you go charging past where it has reformed, uh, it strikes at you with an axe uh, and you take two damage as it slices you across the back. Are we on full everything at this point? Uh, no, you wouldn't be because okay. literally did just not take my statuses from previously. Yeah. I've got oh. myself on eight hit points before that hit. Yeah, I did not cool. You're on six then. Everything. I'm going to say I took two as well, just to make it fair. I'm going to put myself on eight as well. And cool. ability, I just took the three that I had. Uh, and I'm getting rid of the two that I normally have accounting for Rufio. Yeah. No. I'll just use those. Hold on. I'll be on five. You don't feel that bit of magic that you have invested in Rufio. You don't feel that return to you. Right. So I'm just on five. I've used it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to use Kindle uh, okay. on the most green and normal, like, wood-looking creature. Sweet. Just set them on fire. It's free. It's a it's a free thing I can do. Cool. Can I also throw a spear? Because that's a fairly small thing to do. To kill Wait, someone. so it's free as in you don't even have to roll for it? It's just literally doesn't cost an ability point. I can roll if you want. Yeah, look, I think it's definitely going to work. But I think roll for it because you're setting a fire in the forest. Yeah, I mean, I can't actually do it on them unless they're wearing something that's flammable, but I'm assuming that we're kind of bending the rule because they are the flammable wearing thing, which is all the moss and stuff on them. They're also in lots of greenery. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you want me to roll to, so that I can yeah. be accurate with it or something? Yeah, yeah. I rolled a nine, which is a tough choice. Yes, it is. All right, so... You're definitely, um, one of them definitely goes up in flames, but like you feel the magic kind of go out of you and, um, that one go up in flames and you feel the connection with your magic still to the fire. And you can tell that you can spread the fire to another enemy, but you are going to lose control of the fire. Um, or you can put an end to the fire, but doing so is going to take, um, it's actually going to take some adventure points. Like it's going to, it it'll take some effort to put an end to the fire. Okay. What if, what if I do? What if I choose to do nothing? The middle of those two choices. Hey, you so have not touch the fire, but also not increase the fire. Not not snuff the fire, but don't go up. You know what I mean? What if I just let it let it do its course? Well, let me reword it then. You can tell that the fire will continue uh, and will get another enemy, but probably also spread to the forest. And, like, you will lose control of it or you can put an end to it. Like, you feel like it kind of has started to take on a life of its own. So you can either let it rage or you can put an end to it. Ah, I see somebody's watched the most recent episodes of The The Witcher. Nope. TV show. No, okay. I thought maybe you were like, fire magic is dangerous magic. Something like that. Because that's what they're saying there. No, you just got a tough choice. So. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to let it burn. Let it burn, man. Let it burn. Let it burn. So, yeah, the fire, one of the lichens goes up in flames and the weapons drop as the uh, moss pretty much just, like, 
puffs into flame uh, and melts away and the fire continues and catches uh, another one and he goes up in flames uh, and in a panic runs into the forest and you see several trees. Oh, that's worse. Going up pretty quickly. I thought they were going to stay fairly contained like in an area. They're just, they were the ones that did that. That wasn't me. Yeah. Anyway, this is another realm. I don't care. This is not a real realm. I mean, how many times do you set real realms on fire? <laughs> Pretty often. <laughs> also, just uh, just sort of backtracking a second there. Um, you said lichen and then you said moss. Those are two different things. Uh, lichen is usually with the presence of a fungus as well. Well, the type of enemy it is is called a lichen. So. Oh, oh, it's like an enemy from the game. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a moss lich, I guess. Yeah, but lichen and, and moss are just a little bit different, that's all. Yeah. Lichen have a very specific set of uh, growth criteria. Look, bud, I, I didn't call them that, so take yeah, it up. That's fair. With... I'm not liking any of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a moss cause. That was a reach. <laughs> there is two left. Like There is one lichen and the um, forest warden. And you guys are both taking a turn. So the forest warden, they uh, gesture towards some of the foliage on the ground uh, and vines shoot up from it, grabbing hold of Frank. I'm going to roll a dice. Uh, Yeah. And the foliage like uh, shoots up trying to catch Frank. The bit where, because I rolled a, they rolled a two. So the bit of undergrowth, like the vines that shoot up from the um, forest floor have embers on them from where the lichen had ran in. And so as they shoot towards you, uh, they catch fire and the fire spreads even closer around you. And so you guys are now um, in this clearing and there is fire in the trees behind you and fire sort of taking root um, in the undergrowth. Do we need to like do something about this fire? I, I mean, all enemies are down now, right? Uh, nope, there is two enemies still up. One lichen oh. and one forest warden. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, forget that then. And so the other lichen um, charges at Hatchet and... Uh, oh, yes. I get counterattacks and all of the things. The, yeah, but all right. I mean, the lichen charges at you, and as it rushes through the like spreading flames, they lick up its body uh, and it catches fire as well. I hated that. Uh, and Even if it is fire, I don't want to hear about it licking up the body. Collapses the fire spreading out even more. Uh, so you guys, yeah, you kind of have fire at your backs and are surrounded by fire now. And in the circle of fire with you is the forest warden looking furious. That's fair. Uh, and it is you, Hatchet. Um, Hatchet's going to start by yelling out to the forest warden and saying, do you want to keep fighting or do you want us to help you put out this fire? Yeah, I'm not going to make you roll for that. Like, I, I think that I think they're convinced having watched their friends perish and... Actually, let's let's probably assume that the warden also gives birth to creatures in the forest. 
and they're actually um, having what children, children parents no. yeah <laughs> uh, but no I think that like they care about the forest enough that like you convince them and they turn and start trying to put out the fire how are you going to help with this um, do you have any water spells? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I can set fires. I can't get rid of them. I I squeeze my magic sponge to see if there's something left in that and see if I can put out some fire using that. Yeah, what was in the magic sponge? I'm pretty sure it was the water from, like, all the water that was coming into the, the seawater that was coming into the tent when we were floating in the tent all that time ago. Was it... You need to give a track of what's in the magic Was it muscle milk? Oh, it is. No, no, no we, we use that. that. We use that, and okay. then we've used water since. Like we've. Oh, and then he's been immersed in water since then. Remember, um, the muscle milk was used, yes, to revive Hatchet, and then um, yeah, you we went can probably the... safely assume that some water got put into it while I was underwater. Yeah, in in that part, so there'd probably be some water in there, wouldn't there? Be. I'm happy to do that. Um, like, yeah. So I guess roll a dice to try and put out some fire. Okay. Okay, I rolled twelve. Yeah, so I think you like shake your sponge over the growing flames, uh, and a swimming pool worth of water rains out over the flames, uh putting a damper to probably about half of the fire. Uh but half is still going and Hatchet, how are you helping with this? I'm trying to think of what's at my disposal. Or hmm. Maybe you just go and stamp out the fire. It doesn't have to be that ability based. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have any abilities, so I guess I can go and try and stamp out the fire. You're, you're yep. not really afraid of anything, so you can just kind of. All right, roll a dice. I will roll fifteen. Do you have your spring fest shoes on? Uh <laughs> I. You fly. Don't think I keep them on? No. I just really wanted to know from an aesthetic point of view, not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you and the forest warden are stamping out the flames uh, and like um, pretty soon you guys have the fire under control and the forest warden sort of waves you guys away like I've got this in hand and you continue up the mountain. So as you continue up the mountain, um, you you see the Trickster's Tower rising in the distance into the sky, concealed partially by fluffy clouds. You feel close to the end. And as you step onto the mountaintop plateau that the tower stands on, a large shadow passes overhead. You look up and hear a terrifying screech as a huge creature's wings barely, briefly eclipse the sun. A mighty eagle lands in front of you and glares at you threateningly. A golden amulet appears tied around the creature's neck, drawing attention away from its worn scars. The eagle is frightening up close. You can hear a sadness and exhaustion in its menacing cry. Do I still have the amulet from last time? It's a good question. It is a really good question. I've got it in my notes, but um, uh, yeah, I think you do. I guess I'll do you pull think, that out. Yeah, <laughs> do you kind of like hold one and then show it and then like go towards it or what? Like, yeah, what what's your play here? And I think that you can see uh, behind the eagle, you see its nest sort of on the edge of the cliff. You see its nest uh, and you can see two large bundles in the nest. Last time, I think the nest was empty. It's empty. Yeah. But and I thought there was eggs there. Yeah. Um, what's the amulet kind of tied on with? Uh, I think it's a chain. 
Okay. Like a brass chain. You got an idea, Jesse? I was thinking about the whip that we were talking about before, that maybe you could use the whip to sort of do it at range, like gently cast the whip like a, a rod and sort of then hoik it back and, and sort <laughs> it of It seems like such a maneuver. Well, like I'm just thinking that this time around we're not going to be able to touch the eagle or get close to it because Jim has other plans. Um, maybe, who knows? I have no the, plans. Or, the, or even like... The trickster may have had other plans is what I'm sort of thinking that maybe they've had like contingency plans in place for when we get the amulet off. You don't want to be in close range because it maybe it's like suddenly it turns into a dragon or whatever. Like, you know, who knows? Like this is a different eagle to the one you killed almost. Um, we didn't kill it. Oh, we oh, right, kind of yeah. left it to we half took, die. We took it into battle. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it didn't do well. Yeah. Took some hits. Has the eagle said anything or the eagle's just silent? We couldn't understand it last time. The only time we could understand it was when you were touching it. That's oh. why I thought this is a bit risky. Yeah, so it is it is just standing looking at you. Uh, and it seems like I think that you've spent enough time with animals that you can tell from the way that it's like tilting its head and it's looking at you like it's, it's deciding whether you're a threat or not and a bit unsure what to do. Mm, okay. Well, I think if we were to do anything, we'd do it now. Um, all right, Hatchet's just going to rush forward and see if he can catch it off guard and pull the amulet off its neck. Okay, roll a dice. Oh dear, it's a three. Yep. I'm going to call you Scratch It because of your face after this. <laughs> so you, are, like just to set the scene, I think the path to get into the tower winds past this eagle who's sitting sort of with its back to the cliff with the nest just behind it. Uh, and so you rush towards the eagle to try and quickly get the amulet off of its neck. Uh, and it takes to the sky as you rush towards it and catches you in its talons. Uh, and you find yourself lifted up into the air as the eagle squawks angrily. Uh, and while it's touching you, you hit my eggs. This is not ideal. Uh, okay. Um, Frank. Well, Frank being the only person who is on the ground, I think I'm going to go for a bit of a Hail Mary and throw my spear to try and hit the eagle, but I'm going to call out to uh, to Hatchet when I do so that if I don't hit the eagle, Hatchet has the spear and he can do it. Either he can elect to use that to then like (laughs) get the amulet off or just full on like um, kind of like uh, Legolas with the Oliphant type thing and just like straight down the head and then let it like fly okay. down and land. I think and... that you need to decide whether you're trying to hit it or you're trying to get the spear to hatch it. I don't I'm think you can be it. like, if I fail, I would like to be successful in this no, different I mean, like... way. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like if there was a tough, uh, yeah, I don't want to determine what you say, but I just mean that I, I can see a world where, if I was to try and hit an animal who was carrying someone, that there's a good chance that that person may be able to catch the thing that I'm throwing. I think that's, well, I think, yeah. But I that's okay. That's for Jim to decide. You are yeah. asking for a success in say, a different way. You're going to say yes, what success looks like. I understand. Then, yeah. Yeah. So are you throwing it at the eagle? I'm throwing it at the eagle. Okay. Oh, I hit a, I hit a crit. I spear the crap out of that eagle. 
I make a shish kebab. It's a it's a chicken shish kebab. A shish kebab, shish kebab. Um, yeah, you you strike the eagle with the spear, uh, and the eagle plummets, and you are quickly headed towards the cliff again as the eagle plummets with you in its talons. <laughs> eagle plummets. Uh, that's such a local and regional joke that could have happened there, but because there's a brand called Eagles Plumbing Plus and <laughs> Eagle Plummet Plus, I don't know why that was funny. Never mind. Um, I'm sorry. Hatchet, you, I assume, are trying to like break away from the eagle and land not under the eagle. I land safely on the ground. <laughs> cool. Why don't you roll a dice? He does parkour and stuff. Right. Don't worry about it. I land in that superhero pose with one fist down and one arm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Roll a dice, your, though. On your knee and the other leg. Oh, I do. He crits. You rolled a 20. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so you... The trickster comes out and is like, wow, I, I shouldn't have even thought. <laughs> I give up. You can have two adventure points back. Oh, sick. Oh, that's cool. How come I didn't get two adventure points for spearing a whole eagle? Yeah, you got a success in that you killed a whole big enemy. <laughs> I don't feel good about that, though. <laughs> and as you approach the nest, you see what the two figures are. You see the unconscious form of Hermira and the unconscious form of Jenna. Oh, awesome. No Rufio? No Rufio. Okay. Uh, we try and wake them up. Yep. They're unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> they do not wake up. <laughs> yeah, I I think that they don't wake up. Like, and the more you try and rouse them, the like you kind of get the sense that it's maybe not a natural sleep. Oh well, can I sense that there's a magical element to that? Yep. Okay. Can I do undo? Is that how undo works? It sure does. So um, the level of power that I require is uh, kind of the level of power put into the spell in the first place on the undo. So I've got tiers from one to four, which I could use any of those. Uh, And the idea is that um, one tier would be a minute of effort, uh, two tier, as in the first spell cast, not my spell cast. Uh, The second tier is a day's worth of effort. The third tier is a week's worth of effort. Does that determine how much AP it uses? Yes, so yeah. one, two, three, and four. It would just be one. Okay, yeah, I'm going to wake for both or just one? Uh, for both. It can, okay, it yeah, can I'll wake them both up with both. one. Yeah, yeah so I they both um, sort of rouse groggily uh, and look at you and um, Jenna says, where are we? That's probably the least of our worries right now. It's It's a realm of some sorts. Outside of the world. Honestly, we're not actually that sure. Oh. But you've been swept into one of our problems now, I'm afraid. I Yeah. I mean, we kind of teleported them here as a safety option to get them away from the other problem that, that we caused. That is true. We weren't consumed and destroyed by a magic eater. So there's that. And Hamara is still kind of sitting there groggily looking confused. But Jenna is up and seems to be checking her weapons, dusting herself off. So she's got weapons or? Yeah. Okay. And we described Hamira as like being basically a, a person in the house who was a, a helper. Basically. She was like a, a ward, I guess. Okay. So she probably wouldn't be armed. You know, like sort of that diplomatic hostage 
yep. type situation. Yeah. Yeah. So she wouldn't have any arm, like arm stuff. She wouldn't have. No, any- she's she's not armed. She is just dressed uh, with sort of like a very like low level noble clothes. Like she's not wearing like rich people's clothing. She's wearing like rich poor hands. rich people clothing. Sort of like faded um, clothes that were maybe nice a decade ago, but mm. and Jen Jenna's wearing what she was wearing before, like sort of her grey fox getup. Uh, look, we need to go in here and confront, hopefully, a man slash entity slash being known as the trickster. It will be considerably dangerous, so I would understand if you want to just wait here. And they sort of have a kind of semi-hushed conversation, the two of them, but you can kind of hear it and they're sort of talking and Jenna fills Hamara in a bit about who you guys are because hasn't really had an opportunity to do that yet. Uh, And you hear Jenna sort of indicating that, like, their best bet of getting out of here is going with you guys and helping you. And so the two of them follow you into the tower. Yeah, just if you do follow us, obviously, Hamira, probably stay out of trouble. Try and stay out of the way a little bit uh, if you can. And w- once you see an opening to get out, go for it. I mean, for- there's a possibility us. that a random portal appears or something. Yes, so that's, that's exactly what I'm referring to. If a portal comes up, just take it. Uh, if we can take it too, that'll be great. But you're our number one priority for getting out. We'll do the rest outside of that. And if you see a badger, do let me know. Yes, yeah, and point him our direction. Yeah, so Hamara kind of nods to you guys and then you see Hamara and um, Jenna sort of exchange a quick hug, uh, sort of a, a squeeze of the hand, and then they nod at you guys again and, and follow you. Oh, Do I have we're... multiple weapons? Do I have my quiplasher? Yeah, you got your quiplash and your short shot. I'm going to give I that to believe. Hamara. No, my short shot broke. Uh, I'm going to give him my quiplash. All right. Just so she's armed. Are, are you very sure you want to give her the thing that's about quipping when we haven't actually had a, a literal word heard from Hamara yet? Uh, <laughs> she it picks up on our quips. Well, no, you have you have heard her. Like you just heard her have a conversation with Jenna. Right. Yeah. She just but hasn't had screen time yet. It just needs someone to quip. Yeah. True. So you approach two large blue doors at the base of a shiny stone tower that reaches into the clouds. The giant door handles, uh, they shock your hand when you first touch them. Just like sort of that that buzz that maybe like one of those prank handshake things would give you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you can tell that it's probably meant to be funny. The doors swing open uh, and instead of the inside of a tower, you're standing on the stage of a giant auditorium. You see the people of Mound Town in attendance in the crowd clapping for your arrival. Uh, And you see a throne sitting in the center of the stage and slumped on the uh, throne, kind of like leg over one side uh, is Jamie. Uh, And as you approach, Jamie stands to his feet and joins in the applause. And as you watch the figure fades, the figure fuzzes, I think. Uh, and then it's Miller and Miller stands there applauding. And as you watch 
the figure fuzzes and it, it's another figure that you've not seen before. Fuzzes again and it's someone else that you vaguely recognize, but uh, not someone that you know the name of. And then fuzzes again and it's the trickster. Uh, and they kind of end their sarcastic clap uh, and say, welcome, honored guests. Congratulations on making it this far. Shall we begin? Uh, I I think that um, Hatch, uh, Frank is quite like reverent, and actually, um, while this is all going on, he's gonna just whisper like Zagreus in increasingly louder volumes. He's like trying to call onto Zagreus. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So you're trying to call on Zagreus for his. I'm I'm basically sending thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I yeah um, to my chaos god yes yeah yeah you feel nothing you hear okay. nothing I can't I can't feel like any closeness or anything like that or like God is dead and we killed him <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but it it seems like it seems like the trickster maybe hears you saying that as you get increasingly loud calling on our former patron. Yeah, I figured you had something to do with that. I was just sort of testing something. I'm glad you kind of confirmed. So, Hatchet, you definitely, like, you've seen the trickster before, but I think as you look at the trickster in this context, you sort of realize that this is the same figure you saw in the palace. As in, um, this, right, so that... Like, you saw, is, um, you saw the statue when Cyrus. you went into the, like, shadow version of the palace... And mm. saw other things from the past. Um, you saw like statues and stuff of Fate Lord Cyrus. And as you look at the trickster, you realize that the trickster is Cyrus. Right. Mm. And I'm guessing I haven't run in at this point. <laughs> well, I, I figured that you might have questions. Otherwise, you I can guess just I'll stop. But yeah. Yeah, okay. maybe like you begin to run and then it sort of like clicks. For you, yeah. where you've seen the trickster before. I take it you've got a stupid monologue to do. Well, I assumed you would be like, why are we doing this all again? Or why have you brought us here? Or, or something along those lines would be a question that people might ask. Why have you brought us here? Specifically again. Ah, thank you for asking. Yeah, see, that's, that's more okay. of Frank's domain. I'm more of like a kick and ask questions later. You see... People think of fate as this twisty, unexpected thing. But it ain't that. No, fate, it's rarely unexpected. The noble who's next in line for the throne gains the throne. The sickly woman dies. The farmer marries, has some kids, and remains relatively where they're at. Fate, it's a pretty straight line. The twisting, that belongs to Chance. And let's be clear, behind all his equivocating, that's what old Zaggy is. That god you're calling on. The god of Chance. And that's why he was thrown out of the schemes of the others. They didn't want Chance in the picture. They wanted everything left to their fate. The thing about Chance is, it loves a good story. The noble finds himself destitute but discovers a love of baking and happily lives out the rest of his life baking. The sickly woman is rescued by true love's consented kiss. The <laughs> farmer defeats 
a legendary mercenary in a tavern brawl and is suddenly thrust into leading a mercenary company, leaving his family behind. Chance loves a story. So if I wanted you to have a chance at fixing this and the trickster gestures at himself and flickers quickly between several other figures uh, and back to the trickster, I needed to make sure it had a chance to be a story.